beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. I am coming off of an intense work season where the work-life balance scale was tipped firmly in the work direction. I know the ebb and the flow of this equation, and I have come to understand that sometimes imbalance is exactly what is needed. But still, none of us want to feel out of balance, at least not all the time. This is why I'm so excited to talk to my guest today, Tina Wells. Tina has had an entrepreneurial journey like no other, and in her new book, she redefines this idea of work-life balance by introducing the concept of work-life harmony. That word harmony really struck a chord with me, and I knew that we needed to hear more from Tina. Her new book is called The Elevation Approach, and in this conversation, we talk about the difference between balance and harmony as it relates to our very full lives. She shares her elevation approach to creating harmony, and we also discuss how our friendships impact this, the routines and the rituals that have helped her as she works towards harmony, and why it's important to know our numbers on this journey. She'll explain what that means. Tina Wells is a business strategist, advisor, author, and the founder of Relevant Media, Tina is also the author of 16 books, including the best-selling tween fiction series, Mackenzie Blue, and its 2020 award-winning spinoff series, The Z-Files. Her new book, The Elevation Approach, is out now, and it is available wherever you buy books. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Tina, and I think that all of us will gain something important from her wisdom and experience. Tina, welcome to 10 Things to Tell You. Oh, Laura, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I finished reading your book like literally minutes ago, 
before we started recording. I have much to ask you about and that I want you to say more about. So this is going to be so exciting. Let's start, though, with you just sort of introducing yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about how we got here, because you have one of the most interesting entrepreneurial journeys that I've ever heard of in my whole life. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, but It's good. It's good. It's, it's just like there's such a variety of things happening in the last few decades of your life that I was like, what? And then she did this. And then she did this. Like <laughs> All very good, fun things. Hence why I needed to write a book to help me create a process, right? To get these big ideas out of my head and and make them reality. And that, I think the book, you know, I really did write the book that I needed, but yeah, I made the story, you know, you've read it now, probably many times I started my first company when I was a teenager and uh, I was in marketing and always had a love for reading and writing. Uh, actually got my degree in journalism. And when I was early on in my marketing career, I got the opportunity to write my first middle grade series, which is called um, Mackenzie Blue, and then really put the middle grade writing aside for a really long time. And then I made the decision to close my agency, which I talk about in the book, right? I go into a lot of detail about why, why I made that decision. And I decided to focus on middle grade writing full time. That led to three new series, um, The Z Files, which is the spinoff of Mackenzie Blue, Honest June, and the stitch click. And then in the middle of that process, I got this really incredible opportunity from Target to start to launch my own product lines. And so now I have Elevation at Target. So the book is also a home office line at Target. Um, I have another exciting line I'm working on. And so, um, yeah, it's been a lot, a lot of stuff in the last few years, but I am really fortunate that I get to live with work-life harmony. And that was something that came about from my book, The Elevation Approach. And I talk about these four stages, right? Preparation, inspiration, recreation, and transformation. And I really live it every day. And so the book has been such a help to me and how I really get my ideas out of my head, make them reality, and also execute them in a way that still allows me to live in harmony. I talk about how balance is antiquated. My goal is just to live in harmony. I love that, how you start the book out describing the differences between work-life balance, which Mm -hmm. feels like a myth, sometimes something we're constantly chasing, and work-life harmony, which actually, I love the word balance. I have nothing against the word balance. But when you said the word harmony, I was like, oh, that did strike a chord. Can you say more about sort of the differences there? Yeah. What I started to realize for myself is balance is this idea that if I have more work, I need more play. And then you keep doing this, right? So what happens if you're in an intense period of work. Do you then have to add an intense period of, of like play and personal life to balance that out? That, that may not be logical or possible, right? Where harmony says, you know, it's like creating your, your favorite meal where you're like, I know all the ingredients that go together, maybe more of one than the other, but it's just all on one plate and it's all manageable and I created it and it's mine. And that to me is the idea of what work-life harmony is, right? It might mean that you do have a series where you're finishing that book, you're opening your store, you're trying to make your sales goal at work where you're really grinding and you pepper in that harmony or more of the life stuff that makes it a little more fun, right? So I just think balance means we're trying to add a lot. And if you're in a really busy period, you know, balance means you're just adding and adding and adding and adding instead of just literally taking on all that you can take on. 
Yeah, I agree. Because there's been seasons in my life where the imbalance is actually what's right. Like that's Mm -hmm. what feels right. That's what feels harmonious is that I'm doing more and I'm really pouring myself into my work in that season or family or whatever. And it's not a balance. It's not equal, but it is harmonious. And I just had not really ever heard anyone describe it like that. So I loved that. I wonder if, because I just wrote a book on friendship, just released a book on friendship. And so I'm wondering if your book, if the approach, like, did you come up with the approach first and then put it into book form? Or as you were like trying to figure it out for yourself, were you kind of writing yourself into the approach, if that makes sense? Yes. So I feel like I really nailed the first two phases early on in my career, right? So preparation and inspiration, those were like my jams, but they also led to my burnout, right? So I was constantly in this season of doing all the work, coming up with a great idea, socializing it in inspiration, and then going back to preparation. And I kept going in this weird cycle that brought me to a burnout. And when I started to bring in recreation, which was very new for me, right? The idea of just sitting with something, just doing something not related to my work, that was new. And what it really made space for was transformation where I could bring it all together. And then the other thing, so I would say, yes, I have lived the approach probably last three years. I think I've really gotten it down to a science. And I had Elevation Magazine was written exactly in that format. There were four sections of the magazine. So it's something I've probably would say the last five years, but all the principles, those are things I've learned along the way. You know, if you're reading the book, you get my little lessons as to why certain principles of instant elevation really matter to me. Accountability is really important. So I think, you know, the principle around knowing your numbers, that's something I live by every day. Yes. Just to understand where I, where I'm at. Right. And keep me really keep me accountable to the things I say I want to get done and how I want to show up. And so it is, Definitely, I think everything in the book, you'll find stories or me giving examples as to how I got to that place for sure. Yeah, I loved the personal stories. So I know you already said them, but I'm just going to repeat them for the listeners. The four sections, the four pieces of the elevation approach are preparation, inspiration, recreation, and transformation. And in the preparation step, one of the principles, or I don't know if this is actually one of the principles, but one of the sections that you write about that I was like, yes, because this is sort of a missing piece for me, is that you have to schedule preparation. Yeah. <laughs> that you actually you actually have to plan to prep. Yes. And I feel like no one taught me that. That's actually something I want to teach my kids now because I'm all about preparation, but then you're like, well, when am I going to have time? Like now, now I have to be doing the thing that just doesn't work that way. You have to plan preparation like you plan anything else. And I I like, that's been a missing component for me. You know, it's interesting. I think it was a missing component for me as well. And when I first tried to do this whole work-life harmony thing a couple of years ago, I read my dear friend Ari Mizell's book around the art of less doing. And he talked about batching your week and really compressing the work week. And I remember at the time I was running my agency, you know, had more clients than I knew what to do with. And I remember thinking, it's not really possible. How am I going to do this? And I thought if I could have my Mondays and my Fridays for client strategy, right? Really the prep work, everything I need to show up for the client, that would be so ideal. And I remember thinking, how, how would I convince my clients? And the funny part is I didn't have to convince them. Once I had a conversation and said, hi, like, can we schedule our weekly calls on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, ideally Tuesday or Thursday, because then it gives me Monday and Friday to really do a deep dive into strategy and plan and, 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 you know, execute. They were like, wow, 
that's very thoughtful. Thank you for thinking about how you're going to execute. And, and instead of them seeing as like me prepping or me taking time out of my calendar, they really saw it as me being a little more focused on making sure we achieve the goals based on the project plan we set up. And so I think they really saw it as an accountability piece. And mm -hmm. I, it was very enlightening for me to also get that feedback because in my mind, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm being selfish. I'm taking time off my calendar. In their mind, it was you're making space to accommodate me as your client. And even though I'm in meetings and I'm really busy, I now know there's someone who is on the job to get the work done that needs to get done. So it was really cool how, how that really took form for me in my life. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. Do you feel like you have to be at a certain level of success to be able to do that? Because for me, or, you know, I don't know, a certain level in professionalism or whatever, because for me, I would love to be able to say, like, I only record on Wednesdays and Thursdays or whatever if I set my own schedule like that. But I sometimes get in this, like, scarcity mindset of, like, well, 
someone is asking to record with me and they're only available on Mondays. So I just keep bending my own rule instead of being like, no, if you want to record with me, I record on these days. Like it is hard for me to sort of take that kind of stance when I'm trying to grow something. Yeah, I felt the same way too. And I think as entrepreneurs, we always feel like our job is to grow our businesses. But the minute I did that, what I think the other person took away was she's setting boundaries and people who set boundaries value their time. And and, mm. and and they started to mirror that behavior. By the way, I can't tell you how many podcasts I'm scheduling right now where people say they only record certain days. And all I'm doing is booking those days. I'm not even thinking to ask, could you do this day? I'm just like, okay, if I can't get on the show for a month and, it, and they only do Thursdays, in a month on Thursday, I'm going to get on the show, right? So I think in our heads... We are thinking in a way other people aren't. And I want to address the first part of your question, too. I thought very much when I was writing this book about the person who felt that they didn't control their day or didn't control their calendar. And I I was very thoughtful about how they could approach this as well, right? Because I think a lot of times when we think about wellness or we think about anything involving wellness, the idea is if you don't have two hours a day to do this, if you can't eat this way, if you can't do this thing, then, then this wellness or this, you know, harmony isn't available to you. And I was very intentional on creating a plan that I believe would work for anyone, no matter what your budget is. That's why every principle of instant elevation can be done for free. Mm -hmm. And so how have you, let's say you're an entry level first time, like this is your first job, you want to do a good job. How would you approach this conversation around a schedule, right? I think it would be in really having that conversation with your boss to say, what are your expectations? Now can we talk about the way I can best meet your expectations? Because my goal is to deliver, right? Mirroring back to that person, all of these things on your to-do list. So if I can have this, you know, and that's within reason, right? You're not going into entry level and saying, if I have a two-hour lunch break, I'll be so productive, right? But if you're saying, I would really love to batch our meetings on these days, if possible, and then these two days, it would be great if I could be completely at my desk, focused on answering it, like doing all the things I need to do, right? I think those are things that become negotiable. But I think when you come in, having thought about what makes you show up as the best version of yourself to deliver on the goals that are going to make your boss look good, that person, again, is hearing, they're not hearing me, me, me. They're hearing, wow, this person is focused on this job. They want to meet their goals. And this is the best way for them to do that, right? So I think language really matters and how you mm-hmm. communicate that, right? Same thing I would say to a busy mom. You have four kids. You got to get them out of the house every morning. You know, it's a conversation. Hey, you know, my parents, I'm the oldest of six. We'd have family meetings all the time. I mean, they would sit down and say, hey, like dad has a really early week this week. So he needs this and we're going to support him this way, right? Mom has a really big presentation this week. So we're going to give mom an extra 10, 15 minutes in the morning. And to do that, you guys need to do this, right? And so I think it's having that conversation of saying, I'm so excited to get up and make breakfast or do whatever. And if you give mom 10 minutes in the morning for a little mindfulness practice and to make my coffee, I'm going to be so much more excited, efficient, whatever word for everybody, right? Can we do that? And I think that when you show people you're investing in you and you're prioritizing you and that you want to show up as the best form of yourself, they receive that as a gift, right? Yeah. You're saying in a way, I want to bring the very best version of myself to my relationship, to my work relationships and people. And when they see the change, right, you can't ask for that. And then you're not demonstrating the things, right? But if they start to see, well, mom is happier, she's not snapping at me, then people are going to encourage you to continue to do more of that thing. 
Yeah, that's right. And also, I think this is a little bit reflective of the changing workplace and like how mm-hmm. people act differently in their work environment, whether it's work from home now or how they set their days or their schedule or whatever. Like that has changed a lot in the last 10 years and especially in the last three, of course, with the pandemic. But there also isn't a whole lot of specific guidance like this around it. Like my 23-year-old niece lives with me and I can see that she definitely approaches her job and her workplace like from a completely gen- like generationally different way than I did when I was 23, 20 years ago or 20 years apart. I can see that she thinks about it really differently because culture is different. Mm-hmm. But when I was reading We can talk about this philosophically, but then when I was reading your book and you're like, this is how this looks if you aren't able to exactly set your day, you have a boss or whatever. It did feel very inclusive to me because not everyone's a freelancer. Not everyone has full control of their day, but I felt like you were like really open to that part of the conversation too. So I was like taking that in also. It dovetails in the next thing I want to ask you about because I love this so much. So throughout the book, you have these different exercises that the reader can sort of do as they're thinking through these things. And the one that got me the most excited was the what if game. (laughs) Everybody loves the what if game. (laughs) I love it. Now, maybe it's because, you know, I'm a a mom of two, kind of three, because I have a niece that lives with us also. And, you know, like a, a busy life, like we all do. I don't let myself indulge in thinking about what if, like, it's sort of, I I love my life. I have a great life, but it's a lot of just like head to the grindstone, like going, going, going. I don't dream or do a lot of what if in my life in this stage. And so for some reason, that part made me be like, oh, are we, can we still do that in our forties? The what if game? (laughs) It's funny. I play the what if game the opposite way, right? Because I, I often remind people I'm a middle grade author, right? There are parts of me where I can like just kind of spiral very quickly into the worst case scenario. And I've got that fiction mind that like makes it even worse than in reality, right? It's like, well, what if the client says no? And then the client says no, and you get fired and you have no income and you have no place to live, right? Like that's the way. And so I had to train myself to do the what if on worst case scenarios, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we're like, well, I can't, but I can't. Okay. Keep playing it out till the end. And then when you get to the end of what might be your rock bottom in a situation, ask yourself, how does that feel? And I promise you, many things are scarier in our heads than in reality, right? It's yeah. funny. I was a young entrepreneur and I would play that, like I was always rolling the dice on an idea or something new. My, my what if always ended up with like, I'm back at home with mom and dad and mom's a great cook and dad's really encouraging. So <laughs> but I'm back at home. I guess it's not that bad. Okay. I'm going to take the risk. Right. But it was funny. I had to play it all the way out to like, what happened? Same for me in like the season of moving into away from marketing and into this new business and, and books and all those things. I again, play the what if game and say, well, what happens? You know, what am I going to do if all of these things, you know, don't manifest or what happens if the book doesn't do well? Like I ask myself those questions because then when you get to the place of like, this is what could happen, the book's a dud, nobody buys it. Okay. Would you still write it? Yes. Okay. Then get to work. Right. And it just Mm -hmm. opening up a lot of the headspace that we dedicate. And that's what I realized is the real culprit is, you know, for any of us, we have certain amount, we all have the same amount of hours in a week, right? But we allocate them differently. And if your time is spent thinking about all the bad things that could go wrong or all the things where you're not winning or all the things you need to change, 
then you're wasted time, right? And so that's why a lot of my practices in the book and exercises are focused on just having five minutes. Because if I can get five minutes and you can start some new thinking with five minutes, imagine what happens if we then get to 20 and we then get to 30. And, you know, I talk a lot about like, you may not own your work day, but can you own your commute? You know, and on your commute, can you decide you're going to listen to a podcast that elevates you or, you know, you're interested in cooking, you want to be a chef, but that's not where you are right now. What can you do? Can you like read recipes, read different things on your commute where you're like, okay, I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I'm at least moving in that direction. Yeah. I took the what if game a little bit to let myself think about things that I don't question anymore. So for example, like I would be like, what if I stopped doing this part of my business? Like, what if I just Mm -hmm. stopped it? Like, would the whole business fall apart? Would I have more freedom? Would it give me some margin? Would it be less stressful? Would it be more stressful if I, some of the pillars in my life, I don't question enough, maybe like I sort Mm -hmm. of get into autopilot. And so it was helpful to me to just be like, well, what if, what if I didn't do this? Or what if I did do this instead? in a way that I just, I just don't all, I maybe just don't do enough. So that was helpful to yeah. me. And also what you're saying about following it through to the worst conclusion, like the worst possible scenario. My therapist has me do that in like an, when I'm like spinning out in an anxiety way and I'll be like, well, then this is going to happen. And she'll be like, well, how, how bad would it be if this bad thing happened? I do and that. <laughs> yeah. It's it is helpful. It kind of it kind of takes the the scary part of those hard scenarios, like because we don't even let ourselves think about that scary part. So if you sort of force yourself to think, well, how bad would it be? It's and you kind of open the, the door to it. It's not as scary as you think it would be. You know, it's so true. It's so true. This is not one of the the four main parts of the elevation approach, but I do have to ask you, just from like writer to writer, how did it feel to write? a book like this, so different from your middle grade fiction? Like, was it fun to sort of flex a different muscle or was it like, eh, this is? It's funny. Fiction is so fun. And, you know, I I have these characters that I absolutely love. I write in series. So, you know, at this point when I was doing Elevation Approach, I wasn't, I don't think I was at the beginning Let's see, I wrote the book last year. So it might have been towards, I guess the stitch click might have been towards the beginning, but they were all like not new concepts. So for this one, one, my writing partner and I had such a short window to deliver this. And then we knew, like, we thought we might even get it in stores end of last year. You know, so we wrote really fast. And also I think the word, the manuscript length was like double the length of a middle grade book. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot more writing, a lot more storytelling, a lot more edits, And it was different, but I felt with this book that, you know, with my middle grade, it's like to delight my readers and I love younger readers. It's a fun thing. Like, it's just really joyful and fun for me where I felt with the elevation approach. It was like, if I, anyone who wrote for me, wrote to me and said, I need your advice. I want your advice. It was to me, this idea that I could put my best advice into this one place and say, here's what I have. Right. And my niece, my nephews, like year, decades later, it's like, here's Aunt Tina's ideas about how to live life and work harmony. It just felt very different. And the process was really different. And I was worried, you know, like, could I write a book that adult readers would engage with the way that they engage with, especially my series like Honest June, right? Honest June 
is like a crazy successful series. And so seeing those readers, like they're, I mean, especially because it's in fantasy and different, they're like really into it. And so I, when I first started getting the first reviews for the Elevation Approach, I was so excited. I also think I was really relieved that it translated, you know, that what I was trying to write, and again, I'm writing for peers in a, in a way, I'm writing for people mm-hmm. who look like me, who are, you know, identifying as, you know, they're women, they, they have a busy family life, they're trying to build a career, like all very much mirrored me. And so having that person read your book and have them then come back and say, it definitely worked, it changed my way of thinking, like that has been so gratifying. But I was, if I'm being honest, I was really scared, you know, would this connect? Would it work? Yeah, I can see that. Totally. There's also a part of your book that is sort of similar to mine. I write this book called The Life Council. That's my new book that's out. And you have a section about having kind of a board of directors. Yeah. And and a tribe and like sort of surrounding yourself with, with people who can offer guidance and wisdom and companionship and all of those things. I wondered if you could give your take on that because I wrote a whole book on it. So I love to hear other people's like how they're living it out in their life. Yeah, I realized when I was writing this book, right, that the people you spend the most most of your time with are really going to make or break how successful you are at something like the Elevation Approach, right? That's why I love hearing that like book clubs are using the book or groups are getting together and doing it because then you can hold each other accountable. And, you know, when I, I had someone ask me a question, why preparation before inspiration? Shouldn't you get inspired and then go build the idea? And I said, no, I'm talking about something very specific in this book, which is what you are really defining, right? With that life council. It's not just people who are cheerleaders who are like, yay, you want to open a bakery, do it. No, what I'm saying is if you want to open a bakery, then the person you go and check this with is someone who owns a bakery. Yes. Not your friends, not people who are going to say, you can do whatever you put your mind to. No, you need to go and have someone say, here's what it means to really run a bakery. This is what it looks like. This is what your day looks like. And then after you go through that process, you take a beat, right? You go do something completely unrelated. And then you come back and decide if you are going to open the bakery or if for whatever reason it doesn't meet work-life harmony for you, you decide you're not going to do that, right? And so that is why the people you talk to and the people you interact with are so important, right? Your fab five, those are like my ride or die. I say this in the book, like my lifelong cheerleaders, no matter what decision I make, they're always going to be there to support me. That's very different than a board of directors, right? Different than people who have been where you're trying to get to versus peers or friend tours, what I call them. People who hold you accountable, who know exactly where you are, who know the life stage you're in, who can say, no, I think you're BSing. I think you're getting your, you know, giving yourself a pass. Those are the people that are at your level. And so I think you need a combination of all of these different types of people to really help you reach the goals that you set for yourself. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. 
Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. And I had not seen the word, I don't know if you coined this word or if this is a word that I just hadn't seen yet, a friend tour, like a mentor, but that's a friend. (laughs) Did you make that up? I I, I make up a lot of words. I swear I heard the word friend tour and didn't make it up, but it's funny. In my past life, I made up a ton of words and I would just assume they were words other, and they're like, no, you're the first person to use that word. I'm like, oh, okay. I just thought I made it up. Uh, like I never would assume. And there are times when like masculinity, insanity, like I have a lot of trends that I'm going for, Warholism, but it's funny, you know, with friend tours, I, I, same thing. Like someone was like, you didn't coin work-life harmony. I'm like, I never said I did. Like I just wrote a very complete guide. Right. And so I think mentorship is something people talk about so much, you know, where for me, the biggest change in my life has come through friend tours and friend tourship. And I do feel that that is incredibly important, but it's about peers who one aren't competitive with you, who have the, where you have the ability to help each other get to the next level, right? So choosing friend tours is again, something that needs to happen. You need to do very wisely. And I, then I would say one concept, maybe I don't really explore in the book is the idea of sponsorship, especially to people listening or working in corporate jobs. I think we focus too much on asking people to go find a mentor when really they need a sponsor. They need someone who's going to speak up for them when they're not in the room, get them the big opportunity that they want, right? That's not a mentor necessarily. A sponsor might just put your name up for a promotion or put your name up for one thing and then never to be seen again. And so I think how you utilize the relationships in your life is just so important, right? The how And you want to almost be so exact with it, right? My friends are my friends. We have our supper club. We don't talk about business. We don't need to. We talk about fun stuff. And that's part of my recreation, right? I need that interaction with them. And then I have, you know, my family time. And so I think all these different relationships are incredibly important. And there's no one size fits all that I think contributes to the idea of work-life harmony. Yeah, I love that. The last section of the Elevation Approach is transformation. I love a transformation. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? I mean, I'm, each, I'm like a, a home renovation TV junkie just for the transformation. I love it. Yeah. Like when I got to this part, I was like, oh, goody. Now we get to read about befores and afters. Like, I love that so much. Just because I do hope that we are all sort of evolving and transforming as we go. There was a few different sections and principles within the transformation section, but one of them that I really liked and connected to was around creating rituals. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I talk about on this show. Also, my rituals have changed over the years. I used to have a really intense morning routine. I no longer do just what what my life looks like right now or what, where, how I need to anchor my day exactly. And that has been interesting to sort of be like, oh, my rituals are changing. What I need is changing. My day is changing. My kids are older. Mm -hmm. So like our family rhythms are very different. I wonder if you could say more about the rituals that you've created in your life. Yeah, I think everyone has to go through, like in the book, I ask you a lot of questions because you need to get to know yourself as you are right now, right? And and I think sometimes we hold on to dreams or ideas that we had at a different life stage and we think it serves us now. And maybe we've just evolved, like you said. And my rituals are really built around the fact that 
I may wake up in three or four different countries in a month, right? And so how do I maintain my idea of work-life harmony knowing that I may not even be in the same time zone for a week, right? And so I find things that I love. I love coffee. I love tea. You know, wherever I am, I'm like, okay, I have wake up and I have something hot to drink in the morning. I don't care if it's hot water with lemon. Like I have this way of like waking up. I love a good news, global news briefing in the morning. If I'm home, you know, my Alexa's set to deliver a global news briefing that's like 15 minutes and I do it while I'm getting ready and I love it. I love baths as rituals. I love reading for pleasure as a ritual. I'm a big, big audiobook consumer. I mean, to the tune of like a hundred a year. So wow. yeah, I, I just, and they're not, I mean, they're fiction. Like I'm telling you, like the New York Times top chick lit reads are like all like Reese Witherspoon's book club, like all books I'm downloading and listening to. And I drive a lot when I'm home, I'm driving quite a bit. And so it's great. I like drive to the city when I have to go to New York city. So there and back and just listening to great books. Reading, I've always already said, I read like 50 magazines per month. And so I just love to consume. Wow, that's amazing. But remember, my previous career is a trend spotter, right? And so it's a lot of, I still love that product. I'm, and I design product now. So I'm just consuming a lot of information, but for pleasure. Not, I mean, I'm not turning around and like marketing those products. It's just like what's happening? What's new? I would also say family time is super important. So scheduling it. I have three younger sisters and two younger brothers. I have two nephews in Europe, so I try to schedule, started to be a little more routine with saying every few months I'm going to come and have a visit. So that recently has become a ritual, especially as the boys are getting older. I think just getting to know their family in America, it's important for me as much as I can just to be there. And then my supper club, getting to see my friends at least once a month and have a really nice dinner has become really important. So, you know, I think I agree with you, like things change. You, you decide that maybe there's a new ritual or something new you need for now. Those are the main things. I love it. I wonder, do you do your audiobooks? We didn't we didn't talk too much about recreation and movement, which I know is another section in your book, but like do you listen while you walk? Do you like is that sometimes? I mean, sometimes I like I love a good walk in my neighborhood and I'm talking like meandering, right? Not like walking for fitness sometimes, where I'm like, oh, especially when the leaves change, like fall is my favorite season. And I think just watching the leaves change is really beautiful. And so of that kind of walk, but like even in the summer, like 15 minutes in the middle of the day to go grab a coffee or something is great just to recharge. And that's like not thinking at all about work. I also love a hot yoga restorative practice Mm. that really isn't for work. It's really just more of like you sweat, you just like, you feel like you're just doing these leisurely stretches. But I tell you what I come, and I tend to book those at like four in the afternoon. And I still have like a bit of a work day after because I have an office in Hong Kong I work with. And so my work day can start again at 8 p.m. So I find taking that little break, you know, and literally I feel sometimes like I'm just being lazy and stretching, but I come out and I feel so renewed and I have like a million new ideas or I've solved a problem I didn't even know I had, which is really important too. And so recreation is, could be many different things. It could be taking an hour with my family. We used to play this like Jackbox games where we'd all get on together and then play. It was like very popular during the pandemic to do Jackbox. I love that. But I love games too. Like I'll have like a family Monopoly night. My brother-in-law and I love Monopoly. And so organize just a night, you know, lots of different ways. A thread of everything that you're saying, a thread through everything that you're saying feels like being more intentional about your life in these four areas. And I know that like, that's kind of a trendy thing right now. 
whereas what you're laying out in the book, it feels really timeless and not trendy. But I think for me, when I hear some certain platitudes about being intentional or whatever, it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning of like, well, you have to plan for that. Like, it's hard for me to be intentional spontaneously. I mean, sometimes you can be if you just like need to have a reset and have a new direction for your day or the next hour or whatever. But in general, like things like you're talking about family game nights, a lot of travel, carving out different times with your family, whatever is not going to necessarily happen spontaneously. And to, you know, have all these different areas of our life be elevated, it just requires thoughtfulness and preparation. It was just such a good reminder for me to do all of those things. That's great. And a toolkit, right? I think a lot of what I found is when I do not feel like I am living in work-life harmony, and that's a question I get sometimes like, well, what happens if you don't feel it? Do you feel it all the time? Of course you don't feel it all the time, right? What I love is I know what to do, right? So if I go home and I'm like, I'm just feeling off, and I look at my island and it's completely cluttered, I'm like, oh, Principle number one, declutter your space. I'm, I'm telling you, by the time I get that organized, I feel myself again, you know? And so I think that all those things are really important. And having those tools, having your own toolkit to get you back into alignment is what's really important, right? We're all, it's just the awareness, you know? It is not the idea that every single moment of every day for the rest of your life, you will now be in work-life harmony, the end, right? You're going to have a lot of moments where you're like, well, I feel off, right? Or or let's say that you know you're going into a season like we've talked about before where you're going to be out of whack, right? So let's say you have a deadline or you're going to do a book tour or any of these things. For me, what's important, and that's where the intentionality comes in, is to say, hey, you know what? This is going to be a really busy stretch. So I'm already going to pre-schedule a few, you know, times in between where I can, you know, have that time that I know for sure I'm going to be in harmony. Yeah. And the whole thing about the work-life harmony is you have to notice if you are or are not in harmony. That's key for me because I have to stop down and actually ask myself, does this feel right? Or am I just churning through autopilot or, you know, not paying attention or just all of those different ways that we can just get, not question what's happening. And the whole point of harmony is noticing if this feels right or this feels off, like you're saying, like I feel off and not dismissing that. Mm -hmm. I think so many women will be like, I feel off. They will feel off for months before they finally decide to be like, I don't, what's wrong? (laughs) I totally agree. Yeah. For for me, I'm like day two, like, oh no. (laughs) And three is okay. I know what's going on. I'm, I'm looking at my numbers. Am I getting enough sleep? you know, what's going on with my vitals. I do all that work and I'm like, okay, I know exactly what to do to get back to where I need to be. And you know what? Sometimes I might know what I need to do and why I'm off and I can't correct it for a couple of weeks. And that's yeah. going to be okay too. Well, that's part of one of the principles that also stood out to me that we didn't get to yet, but you just mentioned it is know your numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a scary principle. Sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. What will you explain what you mean by that? Know your numbers. I think you have to realize, you know, or understand rather the numbers that are important for you maintaining work-life harmony. Like for me every day, I wear my aura ring. I know my sleep score when I wake up and I know if, you know, there's an idea we can lie to ourselves and say, oh, sleep's, my sleep's fine. When I wake up and look at that score and I know how ready I am for my day, I really, it makes me pause. Like, okay, am I taking enough 
time? Am I taking care? Do I need more time for rest? I can opt out of some kind of social activity. I cannot watch TV and go to bed earlier if it means I'm going to show up better. And so I think just knowing your numbers, your vitals, numbers that are important to you for your health, like all of those things are really important. Yeah, and whatever other numbers you really need to be tracking, if that's mm-hmm. finances, if that's time spent on the Peloton, whatever whatever it is that matters to you, it's like actually tracking those numbers. I, I heard someone say once in a business sense, this is probably like a business saying of like, you can't grow what you haven't tracked. Hmm. And, not, and not that you're always trying to necessarily grow your numbers, but you really can't know. You can assume like you just use the sleep example. You're like, oh yeah, I'm getting plenty of sleep because I'm going to bed on time until you use a sleep tracker that's like, actually, but you're waking up 10 times every night. So this is why you're not feeling rested throughout your day. You can't know that unless you've tracked it in so many different ways. So that's so true with know your numbers. But I also think as I started to say, sometimes numbers can be scary. Sometimes you're like, I don't want to know exactly what's in my bank account. I'd rather be ignorant to it because it seems so daunting. But Mm -hmm. then when we do, when we are able to tackle it, whether it's finances or health or whatever, it suddenly feels very empowering to be like, oh no, okay. I took charge of this thing. I know this exact number and I'm making whatever shifts I need to around it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you for chatting with me. Oh, goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I love that we've got to explore like every part of the book and all the different principles. And so thank you so much. Yes, I'd love it. Tell the listeners where they can find you. I know they're going to want to go follow you right away and, and check out all of your different books and all the things. Yeah. So TinaWells.com is really the hub. I'm on Instagram at Tina Wells, And of course, The line Elevation by Tina Wells lives in Target stores. And so you can go find a Target near you. You'll get the complete collection. It's so pretty, everybody. Y'all, it's just so pretty. And also, of course, I'll link to all of this in the show notes. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, no, that's everything. And then, of course, the book is available wherever books are sold. Wonderful. This has been so fun. Like I said, everyone, I will link and tag Tina everywhere so that you can go follow her and check out her books and the line in Target, which again, so pretty. I'm going to buy a few of those things for myself. Oh, thank you. It's been so fun to chat with you today. Thanks, Laura. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening.